happy Friday to and you. And to you. <laughs> now, Narina, you did say yesterday, um, you know, um, your expectations and those of others were spot on. Uh, there were no uh, surprises in the interest rate decision from the MPC at face value. But um, as we often say, the devil is in the detail. So were there any surprises in Lesecha Chanyaho's statement? Sakina, probably not surprises, but he was, um, I, th- I think what was interesting was that this was not a unanimous decision. Um, two members actually voted in favour of a rate hike, and I think we need to acknowledge that uh, this is probably the last MBC meeting for a while where we will not see a rate increase. So probably expecting to see that first increase to come through at the next meeting in July. Um, the biggest concern really relates to inflation. So yes, there were some downward adjustments on growth and so on, but those we actually know. I think the concerns relate to, to inflation pressure coming specifically from the proposed electricity hikes from Eskom. And uh, uh, Lisecha was actually quite clear to say, um, you know, he's, he's factored in the initial um, increase in, uh, that was asked for by Eskom of around 12%, but the, but the doubling, the almost 25% increase that has been asked for, he basically said that's, that's not going to be on my head. That's going to add an extra half a percent to inflation and basically said yesterday, you know what, he can't be held responsible for that part of the breach of inflation above the, the inflation target. So quite strong words coming from him for NERSA um, in, the, in the upcoming decision in terms of how they're going to be looking at, at what they allow ESCOM in terms of rate increases. And of course, the whole country holding their breath for that one. Indeed. And then uh, Minister Rob Davies, now he announced plans to create a 26-nation free trade area in Africa. Can you tell us more about that? Yes, I think quite an exciting venture that, uh, that's being mooted there. Um, you know, it, it, was, it was followed after he, he mentioned that he's become quite disillusioned with AGOA, which is really the trade agreement with the United States. And this trade block that, they, um, pl- uh, that they've announced that will be implemented in, in Africa um, is going to start out with uh, 26 nations. It really combines three existing trade areas, um, SADC that we are uh, very familiar with, then also Kamisa, which is the common market for Eastern and Southern Africa, and also the East African community. And, um, you know, they talk about a GDP of this trade block of, of around 1 trillion US dollars and about 600 million people in this market. So, you know, of um, more integration within Africa, both in terms of trade and investment, is something which is incredibly important. There are some skeptics that say, you know, we still have a long way to go. I mean, we only have to try and travel across the borders of South of, of Africa to realise that that even just things like visas and passport controls and so on still make it very difficult to to move around within Africa. So we've got a long way to go, but it's definitely a step in the right direction and certainly something to be excited about. And then, Narina, one unlisted company that made it into the news yesterday, De Beers, the mining uh, giant, uh, the diamond mining giant. Um, well, well, but what's the story? <laughs> yes, yeah, so, you know, there was, a day, there was a time when De Beers was, was one of the biggest companies listed on the JSE. And nowadays, of course, unlisted, but still one of the major operations and, and holdings of Anglo-American. And uh, De Beers, um, after more than a century, has, has put the Kimberley mines in South Africa up 
for sale. And, and interestingly enough, the reason that they give there is that they say it no longer fits the company's strategic plan. You've got to ask yourself, what does a diamond mine, a mining company do if they don't want their diamond mine? But uh, what, what we've seen transpire in, in, in the case of De Beers um, certainly relates a lot to what's happened with Deb Swana in, Bots, in Botswana, which is the De Beers operations there, and where they have relocated not only the head office but also a massive beneficiation plant um, just outside of Gabron. And I think the focus there a lot more on the downstream value-add activities um, of the diamond industry rather than just the mining operations. So um, I think that's a great example of, of a lot of what is needed within Africa is that we do need to implement these beneficiation processes and not continue to just export raw materials and then import back the finished goods. So um, it certainly will be an end of an era when De Beers no longer owns the diamond mine at the big hole in Kimberley. Mm-hmm. Well, that's where we're going to leave it right now. It is the weekend and you have a fantastic one. Thank you very much and the same to you. And let's hope this wonderful weather continues. <laughs> Indeed. And Thank that you. was a strategist at ETFSA, Narina Fisser. AM Live on SAFM 104 to 107. Just taking a quick look at uh, some of your messages coming through and uh, people already getting uh, warmed up for the forum at 8. Bongam Bongazi says, job hogging is mainly induced by greed and what makes a person hold down five jobs simultaneously? Lerato says, in this country, it is who you know, not what you know, and the fight for unemployment is far from over. Sipopiri, distinguished between jobs and businesses, he says, DJ is employed by a radio station, but they may do business on weekends using the DJing skills. And Chinemo Elia says it's a great topic uh, because we see celebrities who have thousands of jobs while there are masses who are unemployed. So that just, uh, you know, paving the way, warming up for the forum at 8 uh, later today when we'll be talking about job hoggers. It's 11 minutes um, before 7 and um, uh, time now to uh, look at some of the other stories uh, that our reporters are covering. Villagers at Willow at Mkanduli in the Eastern Cape hold differing views on how criminals should account for crimes that they've committed within the village. A vigilante group has been holding kangaroo courts and charging suspected cows, uh, as charging suspects cows and torturing them to admit to crimes. Our reporter Nkululego Nyembezi visited a willow village and compiled this report this is a local chief assistant calling on the subjects to observe the arrival of the chief at a meeting held under a tree villagers have formed a circle around the tree a spot regarded as seat of the kangaroo court they start their proceedings with a prayer asking for divine intervention This is where suspects of crimes ranging from rape to stock theft are tortured. Some members of the community act as prosecutors while the chief presides over the session. If found guilty, suspects are fined 2 to 10 cows, depending on the severity of the crime. But not everyone is happy with these acts, as some residents believe that vigilantism is against the law. Local chief Nungati 